Welcome back to This Week in Video Games, and this is the News Roundup, giving you all the latest video game news you need to know in just about 10 minutes. So if you find this useful, then don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, and also your favourite podcast apps. Links are down below in the description or the show notes. Well, it's the 19th of December 2021, so let's get into the news. First up in the news today, Final Fantasy XIV is so popular it's been pulled from sale, and this one comes from Ed Nightingale out of Eurogamer. So due to ongoing congestion issues, Final Fantasy XIV has been temporarily suspended from sale. So in addition, the free trial is now no longer available for new players, and existing trial players have also been deprioritized in the queue. Well, existing players have been given an additional two weeks of free playtime, on top of the seven days already promised by the producer and the director, Naoki Yoshida. Due to the popularity of the latest expansion, Endwalker, Final Fantasy XIV's server has been unable to cope with demand since launch. Yoshida has repeatedly apologised for the long queue times that players must endure. Well, the sales suspension affects those wanting to purchase the starter edition and the complete edition of the game, and will be phased in with retailers over the next few days, and individual expansion packs including Endwalker and the collector's edition digital upgrades can still be purchased by existing players. So we apologise for the ongoing congestion that's been occurring since the early access and the official launch of Endwalker, said Yoshida, in a new Lodestone post. To all those who've been invited by their friends and family who've been considering joining, as well as our retail partners, we sincerely apologise for any inconvenience this may cause and ask for your understanding and cooperation in order to reduce congestion. We will continue to monitor the situation as we consider the timing about resuming sales. Well, the Lodestone Post also notes that patch 6.0.5 will still be released on the 4th of January 2022, and that includes the Pandemonium Asphalt Delos Savage Raid. So on top of the error fixes, the post reiterates the difficulty of acquiring new servers, and although we are investing much more money than usual, our attempts to alleviate the ongoing congestion situation are being delayed due to the physical storage of the server equipment. Well, next up in the news today, Bungie head of HR steps down following a report of toxic workplace culture at the studio, and this one comes from Wesley LeBlanc out of Game Informer. So IGN published a new report last Friday detailing a toxic work culture at Bungie, including sexism, crunch, and an HR department that protects abusers, amongst other problems such as stories of repeated microaggressions, inequality, and more. So IGN spoke to 26 current and former employees of Bungie to create this report, and in just under a week after its publishing, Bungie's head of HR, Gail DeHunt, has stepped down. So DeHunt announced this to Bungie employees in an email this week, and IGN saw the email in full. So the former head of HR said she wants to do everything in my power to make sure that everyone who works here has a safe, welcoming, and supportive environment. And in doing so, DeHunt says she feels Bungie's leadership team needs to move forward with people new, or rather the people that haven't reportedly enabled the toxic workplace culture detailed in the IGN report. I know that they need to be trusted to be your advocates and not labelled as enablers or seen as a company resource to provide bad actors with a safe harbour, DeHunt wrote in an email. Well, IGN reports that DeHunt is stepping down from her role as head of HR, but the email does not clarify whether or not she'll continue to work at Bungie in some capacity. However, DeHunt said that she'll work with the leadership team at Bungie to determine the next appropriate steps, and DeHunt also details abuse at Bungie that she'd experienced 
She said it was a man, an executive, and someone I thought was my friend at Bungie, and that resulted in that person's termination. You know, I'm proud of the work I did at this company, DeHont's email concludes, according to IGN, and I believe I made recommendations that were the best interest of our people and in service of the company we wish to become. I also believe that we made some mistakes, and that to become the better version of ourselves, the company I know we can be, we have to acknowledge and confront them in good faith and grow together. Well, next up in the news today, five new Sega Genesis games added to Nintendo Switch Online, including Altered Beast, Toe Jam and Earl, and more. And this one comes from Wesley LeBlanc, out of Game Informer. So Nintendo Surprise dropped a classic RPG Paper Mario onto its Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack service earlier this month, and last week five new games have been added as a surprise. Well this time though, they're not Nintendo 64 games, it's five Sega Genesis titles. So announced this week, we've got Altered Beast, Toe Jam and Earl, Dynamite Heady, Sword of Vermilion, and Thunder Force 2. They're now available to play for any Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack subscriber. Well, Altered Beast was first released in 1988, it's a 2D beat-em-up arcade-style game that debuted on the Sega Genesis. So set in ancient Greece, you play as an undead wolfman character revived by Zeus to rescue his daughter from Athena. So in Toe Jam and Earl, you control the alien rappers who crash land on Earth, and that game launched on the Sega Genesis in 1991 and spawned multiple sequels, including Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove, and that was released just over two years ago. Well, Thunder Force 2 is a 1988 scrolling shoot-em-up, first released in 1988 on the Sharp X6800. However, it was ported to the Sega Genesis a year later, and was one of the original launch titles for the Genesis in the United States. Well, the fourth game is Dynamite Heady, perhaps one of the most odd releases of the drop. So it's a 2D platformer where you play as Heady, a puppet who must take down an evil puppet king named the Dark Demon. Now, the art style is pretty unique and it features some fun combat, thanks to the use of a dozen different power-ups. And the fifth and the final game, dropped onto Nintendo Switch Online, is the Sword of Vermilion, and this is an interesting D&D-like RPG. So in one part of the screen, your character and their movement can be seen on an overworld map. And beside that on the screen is a first-person perspective that shows your character moving wherever you are. It also features 2D combat and a striking art style, and was first released in 1989, before making its way to the US two years later in 1991. Well, next up in the news today, Tencent acquires Back for Blood developer Turtle Rock Studios, and this one comes from Matt Wales out of Eurogamer. Well, there's a lot going on in the world of Back for Blood developer Turtle Rock today. Not only has the studio announced it's been acquired by the Chinese conglomerate Tencent, it's also released the first big post-launch content update for its well-received co-op zombie shooter. Well, the latter brings with it a range of tweaks and additions, the most notable of which is the much-requested solo offline mode with campaign progression. Well, first of all, the acquisition news. So as of today, following Tencent's purchase of Turtle Rock's parent company Slamfire, the studio is now wholly owned by the Chinese conglomerate. So according to the announcement, Turtle Rock will continue to operate independently as of its Lake Forest, California office, with co-founders Phil Robb and Chris Ashton remaining at the helm. The news does, of course, further solidify Tencent's already significant presence in gaming, with the company, which recently launched the publishing division Level Infinite, already outright owning the likes of League of Legends Studios, Riot Games, Funcom, Splash Damage, Supercell and Warframe developer Digital Extremes. 
and that's not including the various publishers and developers that own smaller stakes in, including Epic Games, Activision Blizzard, Ubisoft, Paradox Interactive, Remedy Entertainment, Frontier Developments, Don't Nod, Blooper Team, Clay, Playtonic, Platinum Games and the Roblox Corporation. Well, Tencent said the acquisition will have no effect on the development of Back for Blood, which brings us to the second part of today's Turtle Rock-related news. The zombie shooter's latest update in the introduction of its long-awaited solo offline mode with campaign progression. And finally, in the news today, George R.R. Martin has commented on his Elden Ring collaboration, and this one comes from Daniel Tack out of Game Informer. Well, yesterday, acclaimed writer George R.R. Martin of A Song of Ice and Fire took to his blog to make a few comments about his role in the development from From Software's upcoming Elden Ring. So while the blog post is short, the author is clear that his work at Elden Ring took place a few years ago and focused on the world-building of the fantastical realms that players will be investigating come February. So in the blog, Martin comments that video games aren't really his thing, but then he goes on to say he played some old-school strategy games like The Master of Orion, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and Railroad Tycoon. And apparently, Martin has some excellent taste in the games he chose to play back in the day. Well, Martin's blog post is pretty clear in that he worked on the world-building for the realms of Elden Ring. Exactly how this translates to the final game is unknown, but with what we saw in the network test, the world is full of discovery, even in that small slice. So while the core foundation tale of the Tarnished and the Lands Between appear to have some significant similarities to the Dark Souls world right now, the world itself, and much more of its history, is yet unknown, so we're going to have to wait and see exactly what happens. Well, Martin also notes how video games have become bigger than films in the entertainment world these days. You can check out the entire post over at Martin's official blog. And Martin also notes that Elden Ring looks absolutely incredible. Well, Elden Ring is scheduled to arrive on February the 25th on Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 and PC. Well, that is it for all the video game news today. So thank you so much for watching and listening. And for more video game news content like this, like, subscribe and share with a friend. To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. This Week in Video Games is also a Patreon, and you can find out more on patreon.com forward slash This Week in Video Games, where you can sign up for awards like early access to the podcast, as well as exclusive content, special Discord roles, and community features too. We'll check out the links down there in the description or the show notes for more information. Well, thanks again, and I'll see you soon.